Ibrahim al-Sanusi was stark naked when he stepped out of the shower, and he stopped dead at his bedroom door. Cynthia was sitting on the edge of the big bed, making a call on her cell phone. That wasn't sexy in itself, but between the lapels of the young woman's Chanel suit, his birthday present to her, he could see her nipples straining against the raw silk blouse. Cynthia's shapely legs were bare from her upper thigh to her tawny, very high-heeled boots. The length of her skirt had once been quite proper, until she had the hem raised. Al-Sanusi felt the blood rushing to his crotch. It had taken him months to get Cynthia Mulligan into bed. When he first met her, the thirtyish blonde was so gorgeous it made his head spin. She was wearing a practically transparent blue muslin Dior dress that set off her slim body and long legs to their best advantage. She didn't seem standoffish either. When al smilingly approached, she'd been happy to chat, and he didn't have too much trouble persuading her to have dinner with him at Annabelle's, one of the few places in London that still served decent caviar. Between glasses of champagne, they took a spin on the small dance floor. al wanted to pull her close, but Cynthia modestly kept her distance. Still, her almond-shaped eyes hardly looked shy. He forced himself to be patient, figuring she might not like public displays of affection. For the Libyan, disappointment came at midnight. I have to go home, Cynthia said with an apologetic smile. I'm getting up at seven tomorrow. But why? he stammered. I'm working. I have a shoot for Vogue at 8.30 in the morning. A top fashion model Cynthia Mulligan had a job that involved tricky schedules and lots of travel. Feeling aggrieved, al took her back to her apartment on Mulberry Walk in Chelsea. They parted with a kiss that was almost chaste, though it let him taste Cynthia's lips and feverishly brush one of her full breasts. Alas, after that semi-exquisite evening, he didn't see her again for another two months and not for want of trying. He invited her to Monte Carlo for the Rose Ball, to Marbella for a dream weekend on a friend's boat. He would fetch her by helicopter from Malaga Airport, he said, and fly her directly to a 200-foot yacht moored at Puerto Bernus, to Venice for a private tour of Francois Pinot's collection, to Paris and an ultra-luxurious suite at the Four Seasons. Each time... Cynthia turned him down for the same reason, her work. And then one day, when they were having a drink at the Dorchester, she mentioned that her birthday was coming up. He seized the opportunity to ask her out, half-threatening, half-pleading. Miraculously, the cover girl agreed, for dinner again at Annabelle's. On the day, Alcinousi had a £3,000 Chanel suit delivered to her, when you're in love, you don't pinch pennies. But when he came to pick her up, he felt a pang of disappointment. She wasn't wearing the suit. Instead, she had on the dress she'd worn when they first met, but she had now put on black stockings, a look that always set his pulse racing. The dinner went off without a hitch. 
When it was over, Al-Sanusi said, I have champagne and a birthday cake waiting at my place. Heart pounding, he expected to be rebuffed. Instead, she smiled and said, That sounds nice. With Cynthia, Al-Sanusi always felt he was walking on eggshells, and by the time his Bentley pulled up at his Belgravia house, he was practically having a heart attack. As they entered the apartment, she asked for a glass of water, and he ran to the kitchen to get it. When he came back, the young woman had lit the three candles arranged on the table. He brought out a bottle of Roedere Cristal and popped the cork. They drank a toast. Happy birthday, darling, he murmured. Their lips met and he slipped his arm firmly around Cynthia's waist. Unmoved at first, the young woman then returned his kiss. She pulled back so their tongues could touch in the air, which she seemed to find more exciting. This playful caprice sparked a frenzy of desire in Alcinousi. His hands ran all over her body, caressing, squeezing, and exploring her like he was a high schooler in heat. When his fingers brushed the silky fabric of her panties, he yanked on the lace so hard that it ripped. Her clothes in disarray and leaning against the dining table, Cynthia seemed to enjoy this sexual tornado. Encouraged by her silent acceptance, Alcinousi loosened his clothes, freeing his unusually long cock. With an elegance that showed her good breeding, Cynthia gently took hold of it. Frowning fiercely, Alcinousi couldn't control himself any longer. Before they even reached the bedroom, he tipped Cynthia onto a black velvet sofa, knelt in front of her on the carpet, and jammed his cock in. Go easy, love, she said softly, her legs now raised against her new lover's shoulders. You're very big. Alcinousi ignored her, focusing his attention on his energetic thrusting. He came with a yell and collapsed like a marathon runner crossing the finish line. Cynthia gently stroked his curly head. You must have wanted me very badly, she said affectionately. I've been wanting you for months. Cynthia shifted slightly to make herself more comfortable. You aren't leaving, are you? he exclaimed anxiously. How could I? she asked with a mischievous smile. You ripped my knickers. I can't go home without any underwear.